You've been listening to the Ben Don't Break podcast powered by The Source Weekly. To read, hear, and see more of what we do, go to bensource.com. Hi, I'm Aaron Schweitzer, publisher of The Source, and with me today on the podcast is Christian Hebe. Christian and Regula Hebe are the owners of the Cascade Center of Photography based in Bend, Oregon, USA. The Swiss American photographers have been widely published. Christian is the author of more than 200 coffee table books. They have worked and photographed in more than 90 countries. Their exclusive photo tours are legendary. Born in Switzerland, they lead tours worldwide. They maintain a chalet in the Swiss Alps and spend winters in their home in El Sargento, Mexico. Uh, Christian, thanks for being with me today. Thank you, Aaron. Glad to be here. I need to just say, Christian, I, I, I think I've known you now for well over 20 years we uh yep it's been a while yeah it's been a while you uh so cascade center photography from the uh time we started the paper uh was a was a big aid to us and uh you've been on the cover of the source several times we did quite a few things yeah when we had the the local center we did uh-huh. a lot of work for you guys it yeah was fun yeah it was really fun we did some studio projects i remember one project at one point uh Remember the uh, hundred faces of Bend? I think it was. <laughs> yeah. Yep, ninety-nine people of Bend. That's Oregon. right. Ninety-nine people of Bend. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Then I wanted to branch out and do like nine hundred and ninety-nine, and I think I stopped at like six hundred. Yeah. It was just too many, too many <laughs> yoga poses. Yeah, I remember I crumpled a ball of uh, paper in my hand at the time for my uh, my cameo. I think you're still in there, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, Christian, you you've got a new book that you you've done called "Coming to America: Photographer's Tale." That's been your latest and greatest project. Maybe tell me a little bit about it. Okay. Well, it happened during COVID. Uh-huh. We were basically confined to being in Bend on our place, uh, Rancho Las Yerbas, and we just hang we're hanging out in that time. So I yeah. wrote my story, so to speak. Um, our thirty years as travel photographers, how yeah. we moved to Bend. How we ended up having a place in Mexico and uh, all the, uh, the whole story about how I perceived America and how the, my p- perception of it changed over the years. Yeah. And I was as brutally honest about the U.S. as I was about Switzerland. So <laughs> <laughs> well, at least it was measured out <laughs> equally there. Yeah, and the Germans, <laughs> because I most of my books were published in Germany. That's why my career started really in Germany. Uh-huh. So I basically talk about all of this and I'm, I hope I'm pretty honest about myself too yeah what are some of the um we can get to the crazy stuff but yeah. what what is what what did you find I mean what's your what was your main thesis after you finished well it was interesting about myself and how uh-huh. I tried to basically in a way relive my childhood uh-huh. and I kind of I started I built my childhood again and again in the United States with uh, living in nature and all that stuff that went back to my, how I grew up. Yeah. And it's funny how you repeat yourself. You do the same thing. You don't want to end up like your parents. And in a way, my parents moved out to the country, so I did the same thing. So yeah. That's right. pretty much what I found uh, about myself. <laughs> that, you know, it's kind of obvious. Reason, yeah. But it took a while. Well, I don't know. I mean, I think that uh, I always like to think I'm going to break that cycle of... Uh, Schweitzer men, but uh, you just, you just, <laughs> the older you get, the more you feel the vacuum pull. I think you can't really, but you can improve. Uh-huh. I, I, I'm not a big shrink guy. Uh-huh. I don't. I never went to a, to 
that shrink, right? Yeah. But, I mean, I'm if you analyze yourself, and if you analyze other people, uh-huh. honestly, you it's it's amazing what you find, and then you can probably try to be a better person. Then, like I saw yeah. the limitations of my parents, I saw the limitations of my dad, and I definitely don't want to do what he does and sometimes I just fall into the trap <laughs> but I think often in terms of the relationship with regular I was much better than my dad yeah so hopefully you know in the end I hopefully I'll be a little better maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well you've been uh how when did you move to Bend how long have you been in the community 1996 yeah we came and then bought the land yeah. I came through before, but 96, we bought the 40 acres at Horse Butte. And since then, I'm pretty much here in 89, that's 1998, we moved to an apartment uh, on Lotus Drive yeah. for a year before we finished and built the house. So and, and when did you start the Community Center for Photography, Cascade Center? 2011. Okay. Yeah, 2011, we opened in March. Yeah. That was like when we thought we kind of semi-retired to Bend, Oregon, which <laughs> didn't really work out like we planned, but yeah. still running in a way. Well, I remember, uh, I remember what struck me at the time about the kind of photographer you were was that you had been traveling all over the world, and I remember looking at the images and thinking, this guy's based in Bend, Oregon, of all places, because <laughs> it was 1997, and we were publishing, and I was like... Who who is this uh, photographer? Yeah, it was. I mean, there's a lot of good photographers here mm-hmm. for some reason. American photographers that are well known in, let's say, in the U.S. Yeah, there's quite a lot. And for us, I was just looking for. I, I was doing a travel guide for a German company uh-huh. on the Pacific Northwest, and I found Bend. And I said, perfect. You know, like twenty thousand people. Right. Mountains, deserts. It's just the people are great. It was just in a way perfect. Yeah. So it was yeah. a lucky find, but I guess everybody else is fine. So. <laughs> well, it's taken them a little longer than you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah they were kind of early. I mean, people in Europe would say, how the hell, why? They didn't, Oregon, they only remembered Bhagwan. They had no clue where Oregon is. They're in Northern right. California. And they thought, Bend, how the hell could you move to Bend, Oregon? <laughs> and once right. they got here, then they loved it. It's like, wow, this is amazing, right? Well, what were some of the what What are some of your takes on Bend and and traveling around the United States that you've you know during COVID you were had time to reflect on? Well, I mean, it's I still after all these years, I still haven't found a better place in North America that I would easily say, well, I just just move there. I can't yeah. find one. I've been everywhere. I've been to every state several times. I've photographed did a book on Georgia. I mean, uh-huh. I, really, I've been everywhere, and it's just kind can't find a better place because it's yeah. like, I, it doesn't exist. So that's why it's in a way a little frustrating when you see the changes in Bend because it was so perfect. Yeah. And in a sense, it still is. If you're coming from who knows what, Texas, <laughs> and it's 120 <laughs> degrees right. for four months, right. you come to Bend and you see all yeah. the breweries and the, you know, the geese on the river, you say, I yeah. gotta move here. Yeah. That's why they all come in, right? But you've always been a pretty critical person. What are some of the things that you've seen that... Uh, Wish would change, or you see changing that you, uh, cause for concern? Um, well, I mean, I think it's the same things everywhere. It's not. It's not just Bend, Oregon. Yeah. It's like in my thinking, it's capitalism 
since the you know we went full throttle right. uh, with the Reagan years. Yeah. This is what uncontrolled capitalism does. So mm. it's it's does it in Switzerland. I've seen the same thing in my yeah. own country. I've seen it everywhere. So you can't really say it's not really Bend or Central Oregon that is having these problems. It's it's a global thing. Yeah. And as long as we do, don't change that the system. This is how it's going to be. And, you know, the, you see the traffic. I mean, I, I planned well for this podcast. Yeah. I knew I was going to be stuck in traffic. <laughs> <laughs> well, you had to come across town now. It's different. Exactly. Yeah. It changed. So yeah. That's, that's probably the worst the, uh, traffic congestion, you know, the yeah. water problem, all these growth issues. Right, right. You even, uh, I mean, I know you spend a lot of time in Sargento. Uh, I mean, you're even seeing those problems down in Mexico. Same thing. <coughs> exactly the same thing. Let's say here it's a, it's not that well managed in terms of yeah. planning in Central Oregon, but compared to Mexico, it's much better because I Mexico, A, does the corruption problem, and B, they just don't really like thinking ahead well. Yeah. And the water's going to run out there, and they're building swimming pools right now. Right. Because the Mexicans <coughs> say, well, if the gringos pay for it, we'll do it. So no problem. <laughs> if they have a swimming pool but no water later, that's not our problem. Right. right. So they yeah. keep building and building, and they don't, they don't look ahead. Yeah. So that's kind of scary down there. Yeah, I ran into that problem when we visited Tulum uh, last year. It was oh. a community that, you know, I can remember when it was smaller. Oh. It was a little paradise, obviously. Oh, and now I, 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 I could not believe it. It was so crazy, congested, overbuilt. and um, That's exactly the same thing. The whole Riviera Maya from uh, Cancun all the way down, uh, Tulum, Playa del Carmen, that built up to the point where the narcos now control things and so you have all the drug problems because there's a lot of drug money that built yeah. hotels and now it's gotten just people are leaving and right the problem that we have now in baja is baja is now the place that they're moving to <laughs> because uh, <laughs> you get these influencers right you know where it's really happening in in Baja, this is the place to be. So they all come to our area. I mean, Cabo's already yeah. built up, and they're building all the way up, and they do the same thing as they did in 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 the uh, Riviera Maya in right. Yucatan. So yeah. you, you see it in ten years, we'll have the same narco problems. Like yeah. There. So it's kind of that's I find frustrating because it's such a gorgeous place. The right. diversity of the nature is incredible, but it's a it's a desert. Yeah. Well, it, that, that was what I saw in Tulum where they were, you know, they're, tr you know, rampant capitalism uncontrolled where exactly. they were driving in the, you could see the trucks driving in the water in the afternoon and in the morning the sewage was coming out. It was like one tank in on a truck, one tank out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's yeah. It's that's, crazy because they don't ha they didn't have a system. They no. just were bringing it all in on truck. Right, and that's yeah. what's going to happen with us. I mean, we already yeah. get water. I mean, we bought big bottled water. Yeah. Because you, I mean, we can't drink the water from. We don't even have a yeah. tap. I have a cistern, right? Right. So, uh, but it's coming from Los Planes from the mountains there. But eventually, it'll run out. Yeah. It's just, but hey, till then, you know, the money's made and moved to the next place. But <laughs> eventually, that won't be a next place. Yeah, that's no. the thing, yeah, it's right? A, right, for sure. I think a lot of people in Bend think about that, you know, as it's as it's blown up, you know, what what where where do you go? Uh, I mean, the one thing that kind of pisses me off in a way is that people 
kind of always say what I say, right? Yeah, ah, you shouldn't do this. And, you know, all these people shouldn't move here. <laughs> but people that have a lot of money, they tend not to buy property or buy places and preserve them. Although they have the money, it always has to be an investment. They, they buy this investment and soon they can sell it for development. Yeah. They will do it. Although they're like 98 years old, they don't <laughs> really need the two <laughs> extra million, but they still are right. in the game. Right. want to make money and that's why we said we were thinking of subdividing our property like in two lots yeah and selling half of it yeah and then i looked at the deer on my property and how happy they are to actually have beetle brush to eat <laughs> I, said, I don't want to have a stinking neighbor will bring a dog <laughs> and kids with cars and right then the deer only have 20 acres so it was just this, yeah. let's just keep the 40 and that's it <laughs> yeah you've had that 40 acres out by horse butte for how long Oh, uh, since 96. Yeah, right. 96. I mean, at that point, I didn't really think Ben will blow up this much, but now it's it's right in that area where the winter ranges of the, the mule deer. Mm -hmm. So all went along. I mean, by the, when I drive out my house, I always have big bucks there. I always have herds of mule deer. So I yeah. I want to keep it for them. <laughs> it's going to be an island out there. You're going <laughs> <laughs> to have a deer island. So I hope we never need the money, you know, bad, but you have to sell it. Otherwise, I was just trying to keep it. Yeah. Well, I can remember, Hor I mean, Horse Butte was pretty far out of town. I mean, that was like a, a getaway. Oh. You know? Yeah, I think all the guys that worked on my house uh, in the 90s, all these, you know, uh, construction guys, they all said, yeah, I know this place, you know, yeah, we always came hunting out here. Right, it's, right, right. And they were really happy because we did not put in any lawns. We, we left yeah. all the natural vegetation. They all said, this is great, you know, because yeah. they were thinking hunting, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, well, that's why it's a deer <laughs> oasis now. Uh, what uh, what are you working on uh, now that your book's finished and COVID's over and... I, well, I did. A, I write a lot of stuff. I write a, mm -hmm. write a lot of blogs, and I write magazine articles, yeah. and I write another book on travel stories, and photography. I do a few magazine things, mm -hmm. but mainly finish my last photo tours. We're gonna do two years of uh, New Zealand, Australia. I do like big photo tour yeah. clients. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Then I'll see what I'll do. I mean, for a photographer, you're doing a lot of writing. Yeah, I, that's what they all say. <laughs> <laughs> I like talking, so. <laughs> I, I always wrote, um, but because my photography was so successful, right. I never had the time to actually do them. A lot of the magazine articles, I didn't have the time. So right. that was always a writer assigned. And I wrote, even uh, 20, 30 years ago, I wrote some of them. Right. But I just didn't have the time. And now I finally found an outlet because the beauty of beauty, no cameras, no lenses, no Photoshop. All you <laughs> use a computer and you write this stuff <laughs> and it's done. So right. I really enjoy that. Yeah. When uh, when someone's going to take one of your photo tours, what separates your tours from a lot of the other ones that someone could buy? Regular. Yeah. Just like the secret weapon. <laughs> my wife, she's like the perfect organizer uh -huh. i mean it's just it's just like clock she's swiss so it's like yeah. clockwork everything works yeah and because we are man wife or husband wife team mm -hmm. it's kind of cool because photographers are very technical often so yeah. that you have these geeky photographer guys and you know kind of pushy but regular is like that soft you know female yeah. touch mm -hmm. that for women to come on our tours, they always love having regular mm -hmm. on board, you know. Yeah. And they don't, don't mess with regular. It's like the rule <laughs> of the tour. It, it 
they get pissed, they can, you know, piss at me, but right. be nice with regular. But it's just, it kind of helps. And also, besides the regular thing, um, because I've been to all these places, I shot them for all these books and assignments. So like New Zealand, it's like I really know the places where yeah. when to photograph. Right. It's like my pitch because it's, I mean, a lot of photographers know what they're doing if they're staying in their confined right. areas. But I know so many countries, so it's easy. Yeah, where do you, uh, where's your favorite places to shoot and, and why? Um, I don't have any. <coughs> I mean, I, I just usually get, I, I always get into what I'm doing. Yeah. So I loved shooting in Patagonia, uh -huh. you know, Argentina. Um, I loved shooting in, actually, in Oregon. I loved shooting around my house. <laughs> the Swiss, <laughs> I, yeah, no, I truly, and the Swiss Alps. Yeah. Incredible because I've been gone so long now to me they're exotic. Uh -huh. like photographing Swiss cows because yeah. <laughs> so, so I don't really I mean, you know, there's so many stunning places. That it's, yeah. I can't really say. Well I think that's the product of someone with a passion. They they could drop you yeah. anywhere and you'd shoot it. it. Do you do any urban shooting? Yeah I did. I did uh I taught street photography uh -huh. in Switzerland. I I did I think like 16 books on New York City. Yeah. Um, I did a lot of city street photography, but it's, mm, I mean, I love doing it, but I hate being in cities now. Yeah. So I'd rather be out, you know, in nature. So I try not yeah. to do that anymore. It's kind of stressful. Yeah. I tell people I, I've become a country mouse. I get into, you know, I was, I grew up in a city and, and now when I, I go back, I mean, I know the, I know how to behave, but right. I don't enjoy it. I start yeah. looking for a hole pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like the, I think it probably that the moods change too, yeah. at the congestion, the you know, the bad air, the noisy, the the club. You know, then they go to clubs and then they sit in there. They they have no clue what the weather is. What, you know, no no <laughs> sense of where the food is coming from. Right. So no, yeah. I mean, you live. You can be in, in art museums all your life. You know? Right. I think that that could fall under the category of shaking your cane a little bit, getting older, and uh, it, yeah. it doesn't hold the same attraction for me. No, I mean that's the <clears> thing, right? For young yeah. people, it's a different ball game. Yeah, it's all about meeting other young people. Yeah, but, yeah, I think we're old, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. that's probably how you know. That's, that's probably how you know. That's why I write on the name Grumpy Old Man. I write columns <laughs> as the Grumpy Old Travel. <laughs> right. So you know, because I'm basically always grumpy. So. Yeah. What is it that, uh, like as an artist, when you're photographing, what, what do you look for? What catches your eye? Uh, as a photographer, it's, it's, it's about light colors uh, yeah. and composition, something that sticks out clearly. It's, it's all chaos, mm. but you want to make order in the chaos. So you try to frame it in a way that whoever looks at it will get your message so yeah. uh, understands what what it's about so it's yeah. not just a big you know it's just trees and leaves and you don't see what yeah. it is you have to kind of um define it and i was trained as an architect as a, you know my dad was an architect so mm -hmm. that's my initial training so that was very precise you know kind of right. planning so the f in my photography kind of brought that in and regular same thing she studied the same thing that's why her planning is so meticulous right because they're basically architects yeah that take pictures and talk i remember you shot uh <clears throat> you shot the um warm springs mm -hmm. a series up at warm springs that was pretty captivating i remember the I, what jumped off the page 
for me in those photographs was obviously the color. I right. mean, the composition was all obviously incredible, but you did manage to make those photos look bright. It popped. Yeah. I Yeah, I, I came to the U.S. That, that was the main reason why I came, to photograph Native Americans. Mm -hmm. Like I had this childhood thing with Indians and yeah. Natives. Yeah. So that's why I came, and that's why I started. I, my career got launched in Europe with my photos of Natives, uh -huh. Native Americans, and landscapes. Yeah. And then it's the film and just the light. I mean, you have to... You, the, the Fuji Velvia film in those days was really good in terms of capturing those colors. Mm -hmm. And then it's all about the right angle. And I don't know what I did. It, it, it worked. That's why we could move to the States and made so much money with my, my photos in Germany because they would just sell like hotcakes. I mean, like yeah. It sounds like a stupid dream. A Hollywood story, but it's just, just <laughs> I would take I would take the photos how I take them, and they right. would just sell. Yeah, which was luck, I guess. Oh well, or just you know, upbringing, born with the eye, you know. Yeah, I don't know, but I mean, it's it's a it's yeah, you have to have it. It's like anything, but then hard work and just the right time, you know, luck. It's, yeah. it's in a sense, it's luck too, because it, I was just. At the moment when the dollar tanked and all the Europeans started traveling to the U.S., yeah. I had the photos. Yeah. If I'd done the same thing five years later, I wouldn't be here probably talking to you. Yeah. I'd be in Switzerland, depressed, divorced, <laughs> uh, <laughs> building garages for people. <laughs> right. Uh, what is next on the horizon? What are you gonna What What are you gonna do? I know you got some travel. Is it just well, we go to Mexico, hopefully, okay. for the winter, then go to New Zealand, Tasmania, Australia. That's like a okay. nine weeks of photo tours. Yeah. And then Switzerland. Did you shoot native populations down in uh, New Zealand? Uh, some of the Maoris, uh -huh. uh, some of the Aborigines in uh, Arnhem Land in Northern Australia. When we did a huge book on Australia, kind of photographed that. Uh -huh. what, um, so where will you... So you're down in Mexico. Do you... How much do you... I mean, at this age, you've been a professional photographer. Are you shooting all the time? Uh, I always have my camera with me. And in Mexico, because my around the house is all nature, so I get all these birds. Yeah. And then sometimes there's a cactus blooming that I don't know. So I shoot a lot of nature, and mm -hmm. I go out sometimes to photograph uh, in the mountains. Yeah. But just because I'm, I just can't not take photos. Right. But it's not really serious. I mean, I, I do, but... It's, I've shot everything already there, so I kind of repeat myself. Shoot the same flight catcher over and over. Yeah. And he's so vain, he comes back. From all <laughs> 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 has, there, I, has there been any change now with uh, digital photography compared to the film you shoot? I mean, you were shooting almost yeah, obviously all film. I shot film till like 2000-something early i mean i did yeah it was all film and then initially when we went to digital it's great because it's yeah. better dynamic range and it's just so much easier so much yeah. better than photoshop problem is everybody can do it right and if they can't do it they have the right app for it so <laughs> the market for photography really tanked with the digital onslaught yeah so now i mean these photos look great on instagram and all they do them with their phones yeah and they all copy each other so, in a way, initially it was a blessing. I didn't have to schlep like 400 rows of film to Australia, right. but it really killed the business. Yeah. So now I'm I'm doing digital. It's easy. I know how it works. I can do Photoshop. But I mean, as a as something to make money, 
Yeah. It's kind of, I have no interest. I like doing things because I still shoot and I can sell right. some things over my agencies, but it's not, not what I used to be. Right? Yeah. So I can happily retire. <laughs> Do you still shoot film? Nope. No, no. I stopped. Yeah. A long time ago. And I don't want to go back because it's like, it's like the dynamic range. The hassle, the chemicals, yeah. the cost. The, the young kids yeah. now, they all shoot film again because they never had to. Yeah. So we, that we had to. It's like, it's not that exciting, really. And then they <laughs> shoot film and then they have to digitize it to do something with them. So it's yeah. pointless to me. Yeah, don't. I hope my son isn't listening to this because he's shooting film again. <laughs> he loves it. He's got, you know, all kinds of little funky cameras. and I mean, the They're all pulling good. out those old cameras. Exactly. Yeah. That, that right. I sold most of mine. Yeah. It's, it, I mean, it's good. I, I think it's fine. So to actually learn what it takes to yeah. take good photo and do the whole processing, that's all fine. It's just kind of pointless because the, the medium where you're going to see it is basically digital. Yeah. Unless you make prints and do gallery shows. And yeah. there could be a whole marketing tool kind of like going into fine arts and do your yeah. own prints and stuff. There could be a market. Yeah. Other than that, it's like, I, to me, it's totally pointless. But <laughs> yeah. Kristen, where can people see your work? What would be a good website to send them to? It's usually, I mean, heapphoto.com. Yeah. Uh, Christian Heap, heapphoto.com. Or if you Google Christian Heap, pop up. Yeah. And then the Casket Center. Mm -hmm. uh, some link. Casket Center Photography, ccophoto.com. Yeah. Too. That's pretty much, I mean, name Christian Heap, it's, the, you know, a Christian Jew. Yeah. So if you know that, it's like my, I have this weird name. <laughs> <laughs> you have another name besides Heap. No, I don't, but I call myself sometimes Christian Mohammed Heap. Okay. I confuse people more, so because. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, you should find me easily. There's a few yeah. Christian Heaps in Switzerland. But, uh, yeah. Online. But Heap.com or Cascade Center for Photography. Yeah, Heapphoto.com or Cascade Center for Photography. Great. Find them. Well, Christian, thanks for taking some time while you've been in town. It's, uh, it's good to reconnect. Yeah, thank you, Aaron. Yeah. It was fun. Always is. You've been listening to the Ben Don't Break podcast powered by The Source Weekly. To read, hear, and see more of what we do, go to bensource.com.